What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Alex, what do you have today? So, we all know the MLB NOS is a very, very tight race with the Giants up to on the Dodgers. But there's one way that, supposing the Dodgers do ahead, do go ahead and uh, just make wild card rather than win the division, there's a way that they can get home field advantage. So what's really cool here is that baseball has this thing at the end, which I'll explain here in a bit, where the team with the best record in the World Series will go ahead and be home field advantage. So obviously, with the wild card, the Dodgers will go ahead and get home field advantage or against whoever they're playing. And in the next round, they would go ahead and play the Giants, right? So, if they win, right. If they Correct. win, of course. And I mean, that's what we're trying to assume. We're trying to be positive here, right? So they go ahead and don't have home field advantage there. And because they're the wild card team, and let's say they get past the Giants, they still won't have wild card in the NLCS. But if they do go you mean all home the way, field in the oh, NLCS. excuse me, yes, they won't have home field in the in the NLCS. But if they do make it to the World Series, assuming they do have the best record in all of baseball, they could get that very coveted home field advantage. So let me ask you guys: How important do you guys think home field is in this playoffs? Kaplan, you want to start? I think home field advantage is important in every sport. I, I think anytime the players can sleep in their own beds, can go into their own locker room, can use their own weight room, can use their own batting cage, come out to predominantly their fan base, I just happen to believe that home court advantage in every sport is really big. And I would say in baseball, assuming you're going to play a seven-game series, um, less travel is good. I think home field advantage is important, specifically in baseball. Yeah, I don't uh, in baseball. Actually, hockey is by far the the least important. Um, if you look at the road teams there, the home ice doesn't really matter. It's like a coin toss, basically, 50-50. Um, I haven't up seen the updated numbers. I'd like, to, I'd like to find them, but I remember two seasons ago we had this discussion. And at that point, and granted, there hasn't been that many more playoff games in two seasons, but it was only 54% of MLB teams historically have won on their home field in the playoffs uh, or in the postseason. So uh, while in theory it makes a lot of sense, uh, it makes way more sense in the NFL and in the NBA as opposed to Major League Baseball or hockey. So I don't Yeah, it's think funny. It I never, I didn't really think about the statistics of what is the winning percentage between the home team versus the road team. And if you're telling me it's only 54%, then, of course, I'm a little surprised. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, home field advantage mathematically. As a matter of fact. As, not as important it, it, as I would have thought it was. I yep. think about it from the player mentality standpoint. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, 54%. I have it right here. Wow. Yeah, fan graphs, 54%. By the way, Alex here filling in for Laura. And, uh, Alex, nice job, man. I don't know what you said. I was confused by home field and, and this team and that team and record and World You're Series. You're also easily confused. Yes, but, but it's not you. Right, it's me. That's what I wanted to tell you. So, nice job, man. Way to jump right in. Way to go, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, excellent work, Alex. Thank you, buddy. Alex so, gave me one of these the other day, George. He gave me one of these. He's like, yo, Scott. Um, he's like, man, I grew up listening to you on the radio down in San Diego, dude. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate it. I'm glad. But I don't need to hear about 2001, 2002, Aww. you being a kid, and, you know, your dad driving you to school and whatever. Because, you know, that makes me old, man. Makes I mean, me you old. are old. It, it happens, to, dude, it happens to me. I'm 44. I just had, there's a kid that um, somebody wanted me to connect with in Bristol who grew up 
in in South in Miami, and they were, um, you know, it was just like, hey, young kid, he's really sharp. You know, we like him. You know, you want you mind connecting with him? Yeah, sure, no problem. Twenty two years old, and he started the conversation by telling me, man. Big fan, grew up listening to you and watching you. And I'm like, yeah, it's part of the territory. He's like, I'm not trying to make you feel old. I'm like, no, I'm old. It's okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate yeah. you, Alex. Good job, man. Way to jump right in there. And I actually yeah. always appreciate it when people come up and they talk to us. Really quickly, George, where are we heading from here? Because I want to tell one quick story. Okay, so I actually have the numbers on oh. Major League Baseball. It is 54%. Okay. And since 1920, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, home teams have gone 95,205. Versus 80,954. So there you go. A 540 winning percentage. All right. Well, I mean, in the final analysis, the home team wins more than the road team. So for me, I'll take home field advantage. But barely, dude. Like, you know what I mean? I'm surprised. I'm surprised by the numbers. You were stunned. You thought you were going into that. You know what you did? You were doing that thing that guys do in the NFL when they're kind of strutting their way to the end zone and holding the ball all loose, or they place the ball. Uh, you know, down near the goal line before they actually get in or it gets knocked away like Leon Lett and Don Beebe, you know, in the Super Bowl or whatever it was. Like, you, you, were, you were having that moment. You were, you were trying to, like, high step into the end zone, and I came away and swatched, swatted the ball from you. Not exactly. Uh, I think it's more like I was high stepping into the end zone and you were chasing, and I dived and somersaulted into the end zone, and I scored, but you were really, really close to taking me down. No, about 54%. because you, like, made it seem... You made it seem like this was like, of course you want home field advantage. Well, I think you still do, don't you? I mean, I guess, sure. I mean, I just don't think it's insurmountable is the point. Yeah, I, I, you're surprising me with the statistics. I would have thought, if you would have said to me beforehand, hey, how important is home field advantage in the baseball playoffs? I would have said, well, it's probably like a 65-35 in favor of the home team. You're telling nope. me it's 54-46. Correct. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I know. You've, you've stated that several yeah. times already. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, USC. All right. Now, there is a report. Now, Lindsay, give me the details on this report. So there is a a rumor about the coaching search and that some boosters were reaching out to somebody. Yeah, the report was. um, Hang on, let me pull. I'll tell you. I I have it. it. Here's the story. You know, Jim Trotter is George. Yeah, I do know Jim Trotter used to work at ESPN. SI works for the NFL Network. Yep, correct. Jim Trotter put out a tweet that said that USC boosters are inquiring about Anthony Lynn, the former Charger head coach, who is now the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. And Trotter went on to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, so Jim, don't get crazy when I don't quote you directly, but paraphrasing, there's interest from both sides. There would be interest on USC side, and Anthony Lynn, offensive coordinator of the Lions now, would be interested in returning to L.A. to take over as head coach of USC. So the report is, is that USC could be or would be interested in Anthony Lynn and that Anthony Lynn would have equal interest right back to USC. That's so, the report. My understanding is this on the USC situation, okay? And, you know, remember I did it an SC game a couple weeks ago, okay, mm-hmm. for ESPN Radio. And my understanding after doing that game and talking to some people was that there is a lot of candidates for this job, both on USC side, like they've got a long list that they want to go through, and a lot of people that have shown interest in said job as well from mm-hmm. um, you know the football world. So, well, I think that there, all these things could be true. There could be some boosters who like Anthony Lynn, right, who feel like Anthony Lynn 
is a good coach, but kind of, you know, got sucked into the Chargers malaise, let's call it, uh, over the last several years, and that he could be the right man. Who He's a great man. I don't think there's any question about that. Like, he would be a great leader of young men. No one would deny that stuff. Um, perhaps there are people that feel like he'd be a good fit, but my, my, again, my point is there's a lot of guys um, who are on this, on this list, and he probably is one of them, one of many guys. Uh, and there are, I'm sure, boosters who feel like he's the guy they would prefer. So I think all of these things can be true. Well, let me say to all the USC boosters who are listening this afternoon, especially of those of you who, who think you know everything about football, and because you've got money and influence and the athletic director's ear, you should be deciding who the next football coach is at USC. Listen to me. Anthony Lynn, great guy. I mean, great guy. Anthony Lynn, head football coach, very, very mediocre. Now, look, you want to debate about this? That's fine. We can go back and look at the last four years of the Chargers. The ridiculous clock management mistakes made over and over again that cost a team that was in a position to win games. It cost them games, and they wound up losing games. Look, let me just give you the history really, really quickly. Here goes. Anthony Lynn was the running backs coach of the Buffalo Bills. He was working for, is it Rex Ryan? Which of the two? There's two Ryan brothers. I think it was Rex who was the Rex. head coach. Rex Ryan was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. He was the running backs coach. Ryan decided about seven, eight games into the season to fire his offensive coordinator. They elevated Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was OC for the next however many weeks until guess what happened then? They fired Rex Ryan. So you know what they did? They elevated him to interim head coach. Then the offseason came, and they interviewed him for the job. And the Buffalo Bills, who moved the same guy from running backs coach to offensive coordinator to interim head coach, did not hire him to become their head coach. The Chargers did. They always do. They always hire guys who are first-time head coaches, who are really happy to get the job, who are inexpensive by NFL head coaching standards, and who are learning on the job. And guess what? He was learning on the job, and he was making a lot of mistakes when he was in the position of making the final decisions. Anthony Lynn is a hell of a great guy. I can tell you that. I've spent a lot of time with Anthony Lynn, interviewing him in person. Great guy. Know a lot of people the same. Everybody loves him. As far as being a head coach, not a great head coach in his one opportunity. And if I were USC, I'd be looking for a lot more experience. You know, everybody criticized my ideas about trying to hire from the USC family. Well, stop trying to catch the Pete Carroll lightning in a bottle all over again. That would be my suggestion. Terrible idea. Terrible. I mean, clearly you don't feel so great about it. Look, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, Anthony Lynn, the head coach, also had a ton of injuries and had a rookie quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I, I don't Prior know. Prior he have... had Phillip Rivers, just so we're clear. I mean, he had a guy who had a Matthew Stafford kind of career. Stafford was in Detroit putting up numbers. Right, and, and Philip Rivers was, was pretty terrible, wasn't he? Well, we can go back and look at some of the numbers, but I mean, Philip Rivers. I mean, they went to the playoffs with him while Philip Rivers he's, was still good. I think it may have been uh, his first year. Uh, we'd have to go back year, and take a look. Second, second year. year. He okay. was 9 and 7 year one, 12 mm -hmm. and 4 year two. Yep. Good year. And then Philip Rivers got bad. Well, I'm not going to blame it all on Philip Rivers again. We I mean, Philip Rivers. I, listen, I I think I'm the guy that defends Philip Rivers as a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I know there are a lot of people that don't. Yeah, Philip Rivers was terrible in the 2019 season. Well, well, let's 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 really do a deep dive and and go back and look at games 
One in particular that I remember against the Raiders where the Chargers were on the goal line going in and they just kept screwing things up and they had no clock management and, and they just let the clock wind down. I mean, look, all I'm telling you is this. I'll say it again. Anthony Lynn, lovely human being. Maybe, perhaps, a good football coach. But in his time with the Chargers as the head coach, he was learning on the job. And if right. I were USC, I'd be thinking to myself, I need a lot more than a guy who at one time was the head coach of the Chargers. There's no cachet for a 17-year-old kid sitting in his living room going, wow, he was the coach of the Chargers for four years. Whoa. No cachet, zero. Nice guy, good guy, not a great head coach, terrible concept by USC. I mean, I mean not a great head coach, okay, I guess. But I, I just feel like you're selling him pretty short considering he went 7-9 and nine with a rookie Went nine and seven in his first year, twelve and four, made the playoffs and lost to the Patriots uh, with Tom Brady <laughs> um, in in his second season, and had one really bad year when Philip Rivers threw twenty interceptions. Yep, threw those twenty interceptions because he's always sitting there going, "Well, we're down in this game yet again, and so now I got to throw the ball way oh, more." Oh, I, I don't should. know about that. I don't know about that. If you go back to those games, I remember watching him because I had Philip Rivers on one of my fantasy teams. Okay. And I remember watching a lot of Phillip Rivers games because he came off a good year, obviously, when they went to the playoffs. He threw 32 touchdowns and only 12 picks. And the, in the two years that he played under Anthony Lynn, he had gotten the interceptions way under control considering he had thrown a ton uh, the previous years. And I was like, all right, so Phillip and Anthony got this thing working. And he was brutal, like bo-freaking-brutal that year. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. yeah, he had a great year. Not a great year. A good year, a bounce-back year with Frank Reich, who he had tons of – uh, experience with over the years, but then he retired for a reason because he probably wasn't going to be able to replicate that. Um, I think Philip Rivers could have very easily have played another year and probably could have replicated the season he had in Indianapolis had he lost some arm strength. Behind think, that offensive line, just... maybe, but not behind the Chargers' offensive line. Well, listen, that's the Charger offensive line was not what it is right now. They've gone out and made a lot of moves, gotten a lot of free right. agents. It was and, terrible. And, and gotten some good players, but. Look, I'm just telling you guys, okay, I'm, I don't have every statistic sitting in front of me, okay? I didn't go deep dive research this. I'm just telling you how I recall watching these Charger games and thinking to myself, any high school coach would know how to manage the clock better than what this coaching staff is doing right now. And by the way, it's not unique to him. I mean, last night I was watching the Peyton Eli broadcast, and Peyton's yelling, hey, Mike McCarthy. Call a timeout, man. What are you doing? Call timeout. Clock is ticking, and McCarthy's not calling a timeout. So clock management and decision-making in-game is critical, and Anthony Lynn wasn't very good at it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I just think you're, you're underselling him. Like, you're making him sound like he's Rich Cotite. You know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's not what he was at all by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Rich Cotite. Now, that is a contemporary reference. Nice job. Yeah, that's, mean, like, right out of my playbook. I mean, Cam Cameron, uh, more ref, more, uh, you know, give me a coach who went like one in 15, you know, more recent, uh, recently. Cam Cameron is probably the most recent one. Uh, I'm sure there's a Lions coach in there that I'm missing. But nonetheless, yeah, really bad. Oh, the Jaguars. Who was the coach last year for the Jaguars? Um, what was his name? Oh, my goodness. Uh, what was his name? The coach? Yeah, there you go. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Anyway, Anthony Lynn, not any of those guys. Yeah, what okay? was his name? Now, I'm look, surprised Anthony you didn't break out Mangini, the man genius okay. with the Jets. Yeah. He made the playoffs, at least. Um, the a Anthony That's Lynn, not my first choice, not my second choice, probably not even my third or fourth choice, but I think you should consider him because he's not as bad as I think you're making him out to be. Well, but here's the thing. Again, let me just make my point. 
it's not about whether or not he's a great coach or he's a terrible coach. I personally don't think he's a very good head coach. But that being said, we talk about SC. SC's looking for the guy. The guy that walks into every kid's uh, living room and they go, wow, I know who this guy is. I know his reputation. I know his background. I know everything about this guy. I don't think any 17-year-old kid is going to be sitting there going, wow, he coached the Chargers for four years. I can't say no to him. We talked about Deion Sanders and how you know he would be a great recruiter. I don't think Anthony Lynn has anywhere near the type of cachet or visibility or notoriety. that Sure, he's not Deion Sanders. I'll give you that. I do want to get into the Dodgers and how there's some things coming up. There's some news and notes, and there's some things that are still not sitting well with me. We'll get to that coming up in a second. Stick around. We're back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, I'm not like Mr. Beatles by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a good song. Um, I occasionally like listening, I believe it's KLOS, which has the, is the classic rock station that does like Beatles, uh, like breakfast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll listen for a few minutes on my drive somewhere in the morning. This is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Not that I'm also, you know, like the world's biggest Beatles fan. Um, but seriously, like this is, this is an all-time classic. And well before all of our time. Well, at least mine and your time. Yeah, yeah, definitely before my time, for sure. Um, and even yours, which is rare, I feel like, uh, with the musical selections on this show. Can I tell you that I'm, I'm still watching a whole bunch of the uh, Lakers media day? I know you wanted to get to the Dodgers, but Dwight Howard's hair is so money. I freaking love Dwight Howard's hair. The way he's got it all braided up top and then poof, right in the back. He's got all the purple just popping right out. Poof. And it reminds me of uh, uh, Cam from, uh, well, the former NFL quarterback. We'll see if he gets back in, Cam Newton. And now he wears those hats, and then his, hat, his hair pops out from the hats. I've been thinking, George, maybe what, what I want to do is create a hat for people that don't have that kind of hair, but just fake hair popping through the hat because it looks so dope. What do you think about that? Would you wear one of those hats? No. Even if I made it purple like Dwight's? No. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm going to do that. Wait, I saw on, on, this is probably a really dumb question, but I saw the ESPN LA Twitter account posting these pictures for me today with Dwight Howard, with the hair, the cool hairdo that you're referring to and calling him Octopus. Is this because of his hair or is this like a previous nickname? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Okay. So I'm not the only no one who's ever heard it before. Yeah, okay. I actually didn't even notice Dwight's hair, to be honest with you. Oh, it's money. How did you not notice it's it? It's so money. It's yeah, pretty I cool. I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it's cool. but It's I, a you beautiful know. color of purple. Right. Wonderful Such a nice shade. shade. It's like magenta. Yes, it really is. If you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lovely. Uh, I feel like he had similar hair last year. Yeah. Um, so maybe nice. that's why it didn't stick out to me. You know, yeah. maybe the color obviously is different, but yeah, it didn't, didn't really register on the radar um so i was more focused on what travis and slee were going to say uh, you know during media day today 
um, looking at this video right now, Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard back-to-back at Media Day, taking a bunch of pictures, looking all seven feet, like 14-plus feet. Oh, wait a second. There's DeAndre. He just walked in. Now we got 21 feet of Lakers between the three of these guys. Look at him. Happy and smiling. Going to be a good locker room this year, George. Going to be a lot of fun out there this year. Or we hope. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of wins. That's why it's going to be a lot of fun. Wins are fun. Well, listen, they have built this roster. Today they got to show it all off. Everybody got a chance to talk. People have a chance to now listen, go back, and hear what everybody's thinking and saying. And, uh, and yeah, what was today? Today's date is September 20-something-ish? 28th. Thank you. Um, and season tips off around October 18th-ish? Sound right? 19th. Yeah, I'm close. I'm not too far off. What do we got? Three weeks? Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I'm close. I'm a day or two here or there. You know? I mean, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you could just Google it. Well, I could, but I was in the middle of ranting and raving. You know what I mean? I was in the middle of, you know, talking about something. I don't need to Google it while I'm talking about it, you know? Especially when hey, you wait. probably you can fill in you the can't details. Do, can you do that? Can you, like, I do it all the time. Like, you can't just Google and talk at the same time? Yeah, I don't want to. I have an update on Dwight Howard's nickname. Yeah. Okay. The octopi. Mark, yeah. Mark Cates pointed out, which totally slipped my mind. It's because the octopus from the Masked Singer. Oh. I totally forgot that that happened like a week ago. He yeah. was on the Masked Singer. Mm. He was the octopus. I and also don't watch the Masked Singer. Yeah, so I don't watch the Masked Singer. I don't either, either, but I saw the clips of it and like it was, you know, he was wilding out on that show. Yeah. It was yeah, pretty Yeah, I don't great. watch the Masked Singer, although last night my daughters commandeered the remote control. We were all sitting around having dinner. I wanted to watch the football game. My daughter's like, uh-uh, Dancing with the Stars is on, and I need to see Cody Rigsby. That's my daughter's favorite uh, Peloton instructor. So, yeah. Yes. I, I, I lost the game late in the game to Wait, Dancing with the Stars. So, so did you watched it then. I saw that Cody was going to have to participate potentially without his partner because she got COVID. Um, did he dance by himself? I never stuck around okay. to see whether or not Cody did or did not. I don't know. I don't know what I happened. I only wondered exactly. how that worked. Like, how would you be on Dancing with the Stars by yourself, especially when you're not the star? Mm. I was just curious. Yeah, interesting. George, you watching Dancing with the Stars? I don't think so. Nope. Uh, my wife and daughter are, but not my thing. Well, maybe I mean, we should listen, all get into it. it. If it's uh, – it, no, not really. I have zero interest in watching Dancing with the Stars. I, yeah, I'm not I literally like, like it's just not my thing. Like it's not, not, you know, no offense to I, anyone who likes it. Yeah. I did watch my second Britney Spears documentary in like three days yesterday. The new Netflix Britney Spears Oh, there's the secondary Hulu follow-up. My wife saw it. She says it's incredible. Well, there's a third one. There's also oh. a Netflix documentary that came out yesterday. They uh, came out like three Now there's too many Britney Spears yeah. documentaries. <laughs> I agree. Like, I agree. But I, I still had to watch it because yeah, I wanted I to judge them. I was going to watch last night. I didn't get to it, but I was going to watch. I saw Bergman yesterday put out a tweet about a a documentary that Travis had recommended about like some minor league hockey team that was owned and controlled by the mob. And and I I was like, okay, now that sounds good. I'd like to see that because that's that's part of the same series, isn't it? With like the Christy Martin documentary and the the Malice at the Palace doc. So that sounds kind of good. Untold. You know what sounds good to me? Is that the Dodgers are still favored to win the World Series. There you go. Get us back on track, kid. There you go. Does this change your approach, though, considering they're still favored um, to win the World Series? Does it change you? Does it bring you to my side at all on this whole resting your best pitchers that are really tired, these young guys? Okay, so just so you know, I've been thinking about this. You know, I'm a persuadable, 
open-minded person. Just you so are, you know, George. That is no. I I would say that is a fair assessment. I know we uh, we have some fun at your expense, plenty, but I would uh, I would firmly agree with that. I am a persuadable, open-minded person. Uh, just for example, yesterday you convinced me that mm-hmm. the Raiders win against the Dolphins. I actually should have been more impressed with it. I went back and yeah. watched a whole bunch about it yesterday because I was like, you know, for me, I thought the Raiders were going to win by more than four points. They didn't, yeah. and they had to, you know, they had to hold on to win and win in overtime. So maybe my my perspective is they didn't accomplish what I thought they were going to, so maybe that's why I was a little disappointed in their performance. So I was persuadable. You persuaded me yesterday that the Raiders showed resilience and that I should be more impressed with their victory over the Dolphins. So there you go. I am persuadable. You are. And, and open-minded. Um, however, however. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Can we however it after Radio Tinder? Or actually, can we however it before Radio Tinder? Um, and then I will, uh, I, then we can go to Lynn's and do Radio Tinder. How about yes, that? Yes, we can. I will make this okay. very brief. My, my however is you cannot change my mind on this. To me, it's a mentality thing. You go for the division. You convince everybody you're going for the division until you're mathematically no longer going for the division. On this one, you have not yet convinced me. Wait, did you realize what you agreed to when I said, when I said can you just wait for the however until, until we do it on the other side? We'll do it right before Radio Tinder? No, I kind of felt yes. like, yeah, I felt like we needed to get it done now so we could go to Radio Tinder. Right, like but then why did you say thing. yes? Because I felt like I could make it quick. <laughs> but that would be no, and then you would have made it quick. Oh, you wanted me to wait for the commercial break and then make my... Correct, my comment. that's what I asked you to do. Nah, I felt like I needed to make this right now. I know, but why did you say yes then? Because I felt like saying yes meant just say it right now. I don't <laughs> think he knew what he was agreeing to. Yeah. He did it. He absolutely did it. You never listened to me. Now I know. Does Rachel feel this way too? Sometimes she does. Sometimes okay, she actually does Okay, let's discuss that, that after yeah. Radio Tinder. Let's do that. Radio <laughs> Tinder is up next in two and a half minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Linz, let it rip. All right, guys, so Demi Lovato said they made contact with aliens during a trip to Joshua Tree for their 28th birthday last year. <laughs> Lovato recently told Entertainment Weekly that it was a profound and mind-blowing experience. Quote, we were stargazing, and we tried to do this protocol where you make contact, and all of a sudden something showed up directly above us in the sky. Lovato said this while promoting the new unscripted Peacock series, Unidentified, which follows Lovato's journey to learn more about UFO phenomena. Quote, it was like huge lights that made a question mark almost in the sky, and then they just like backed out. I realized that my life was probably going to change in a spiritual way because I have a spiritual connection to this journey as well. So Demi Lovato has experienced an alien encounter. Have any of you guys swipe left or swipe right? Kaplan, start with you. Well, I will swipe right. I do believe I may have mentioned this at one time, but I have had an alien to, an alien interaction. Um, I was driving down the street one night. I'm minding my own business. I look up into the sky, and I'm like, what is that? That is something I cannot identify. It's flying. Therefore, it must be a UFO. 
So I pulled off to the side of the street, George Sedano. I looked up into the sky and I said, what is that? I, I, I mean, it's not an airplane. It, 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 it's got a stream of smoke flying behind it. And I'm looking around like, am I the only person on the planet that's seeing this right now? Come on, somebody else. And then it was gone. And I got back in my car and I went about my business only to come home and find out that Elon Musk had launched some rocket that particular night and I happened to have seen it. So it was unidentified, it was flying, it was an object, UFO, but ultimately I did find out what exactly it was. I think Demi Lovato's out of her mind. This is ridiculous. Oh, I don't think it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I do think that we're not the only people out there, the only beings or whatever out there. I think that's naive to think that. However... I do think if she went to Joshua Tree, chances are she wasn't necessarily sober. Let's just leave it at that. Well, yeah, that and promoting some show about something that's kind of like this. Um, yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I myself. Left as well. yes. yeah. Okay. I myself have experienced an alien encounter, but we can get into that on another date at another time. All right. I would like so, to do that. I would very much like to do that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. To not enough time in this Radio Tinder segment. So Shaq. He's over the whole being famous thing. In fact, he doesn't even want to be considered a celebrity anymore. Shaq is not just one of the most well-known basketball players of all times. He's probably one of the most recognizable people walking like in the entire world. And he's apparently had so much of the celebrity life that he just wants to be removed from that crowd. He said that he thinks celebrities these days are crazy and doesn't appreciate the way that they treat people. Quote, I don't want to be in that category, Shaq told the New York Post. Celebrities are crazy. They really are. Don't call me that anymore. These people are out there out of their freaking minds with how they treat people, what they do, what they say. That's never been me. I never want to be looked at like that. Uh, do you guys agree, generally speaking, with Shaq's take on celebrity? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? So he doesn't want to be viewed as like basically a, like a... Uh... A jerk celebrity. Right. And he's not. Um, you know, Shaq has been very generous. I'm actually supposed to talk to Shaq tomorrow. Uh, on the jump and uh, maybe we'll play some of that here but uh he's not like i i look i've been around Shaq for a long time and i have seen crazy generous things that he has done to people that are complete strangers and i don't think you do that and and by the way a lot of it gets zero attention um you know so it's not like i know he does stuff that gets pub people you know promoted on social media or people's you know put it out on social media and, and it gets pub. But I would say like 90% of the stuff that he does never gets any actual attention beyond that. So uh, I'm swiping right on that just because I've been around Shaq a lot, you know, for a long time. And, um, you know, I'm not like friends with him, but I know what kind of person he is. So, yes, I would agree with that. I'm going to have to also swipe right here. First of all, I'll start off with I freaking love Shaquille O'Neal. I love the guy, not just the player and the champion. I just love the guy. I love him on TV. I love him in real life. I'm a huge Shaq fan. So when Shaq says that he doesn't want to live that celebrity life, it's not like he can just go hide somewhere. Okay? He walks into a mall. Everybody's like, oh, my God. There's only one guy on the planet that looks like that guy. That's Shaquille O'Neal. What a sweetheart of a guy. If he tells you that he doesn't like the way celebrities treat people and he thinks they're jerks, I'm with my man. I'm with the diesel. But... Shaq doesn't really have say in whether or not he's considered a celebrity. Like he says, oh, I don't want you guys to call me that. I don't want you to consider me that. I think uh, for the most part, people understand that he's a very generous, kind, nice, wonderful human being. And I 
rarely have ever heard a bad word about him, if any. But he can't really control whether or not he's a celebrity. He's just kind of like, you know, roped, roped into that group, right? He's a celebrity. And like you I said, mean, he stands he, out everywhere he I goes. Mean, I get – right, but I don't think he thinks of himself as like – because I think there's different levels to celebrity, okay? I think that athletes are like a tier or two below whether – you know, and you can flip flop either one of these two. Like music stars – and um, and like movie stars, you know what I mean? Like those, the latter two are one and two, right? They're, they're, those are the top two tiers. And then athletes, I would say, are like below them, like a couple of tiers. So I would agree with him, actually. Okay, fair point. Who are the biggest celebrities of athletes? Wh- which sports? Oh, like all time? No, no, like, you know, no I don't I, mean like people. I mean just which sport has what you would call the most insulated celebrities? NBA, what do you mean, NBA players. What do you mean insulated. Meaning, like, like you can't talk the, to them, you can't get an interview with them. You oh, gotta suck I, I mean, up it's definitely not them. the NBA. Those guys talk every day. Like football yeah. is annoying. Football, yes. It's so I, funny. I think, I think, that think the, of the NBA, NBA has the most. Oh, absolutely not. NBA, I, what yeah. was the last time you covered an NBA game? I'm asking that not to be a jerk. I'm just asking, like, when was the last time you've been in, a, in, in an, at an NBA game, like as like a media person? Oh gosh, it's been a long time. Really right. long time. Like, those guys, LeBron James talks multiple times a day on game day. No, no. Like, what I'm, you know, what Tom I'm Brady saying talks is, once a week. No, no. What I'm saying is, though, is that when I think of them as being insulated. Like I've said to you before, like we should have LeBron on the show. And you guys all laughed at me like. Right, but we're no. not getting Tom Brady on the show either. No, but there has been times in Tom Brady's career where you but, could. But LeBron was on the station today. I like that. I think that was very cool. And I don't think that we should have this expectation that we could never have him back on. He's a, he's a regular guy. That's all. But I feel like they're very insulated. No, he's not. No, he's not a regular guy. Like, he is a regular guy. He's the farthest guy. thing from a regular guy. No, he is Listen. a regular human No, LeBron, being. I mean, he can be a regular guy, but he's not a regular guy. Just like Shaq yeah. is, you know, not a regular guy. Like, I agree with Lindsay in the extent that he's a celebrity. I agree that he's not the celebrity that, you know, again, he's not a rock star or a movie star. So I think there are levels to this, like everything. But, yeah, no, the, the, the NBA guys... First of all, they're way more active on social media. Like, they interact with their fans more than anybody, I think. I don't know, man. I look at the NBA guys, and I find them to be very insulated. Like, no, you can't talk to these guys. No, Now, they'll do media, meaning they'll do media appearances, Zoom calls and things like that. But I just find – I feel like the NFL guys, but, um, I feel like baseball guys – But I don't understand guys, what, what you're de- how you're defining this, other than LeBron won't come on the show? No, like, no, it's I not mean, LeBron. I just feel like, like NBA players – uh-huh. I feel like are insulated, meaning they're protected from the media. And I feel like... But how are they protected from the media when they do media? They can do media like three times a day on a game day. I'm just giving you my perception, George. I feel like the, the NBA guys, like to, to get an, M, uh, an interview with an NBA guy, not, not media, not group media. I'm talking about getting somebody to come on the air is like a big chore nowadays, you know? It's nice to well, have the guys on. Honestly, they... we've had way more NBA guys on this show in my time here in five years on this station than baseball players. I don't think I've ever talked to an MLB player on this, uh, how, a Dodger how, player. How All I've talked to ask? is Dave Roberts. How, yeah, how often do, you, do we ask? We asked a lot. We've asked a lot. And well, they always just, I mean, listen, I love talking to Dave, so I'm fine with it. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, if we're really going to do this, I mean, you know, if we're talking about just me, and this seems so stupid, nobody in the audience cares about this. Um, but baseball players are impossible to get on 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 a show like this. Really? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Wow. As a, I mean, as Lindsay's a producer, the guest booker; she would know. Yeah. Wow. And I've never I think had that, that I do. I think I'm a pretty good guest booker, and it's not like I just started doing it. I've been doing it for a while, and I would say in general, 
NBA players are the easiest ones to get on. Like I've done, I've produced one-on-ones with Kevin Durant, with uh, De'Aaron Fox, um, you know, like the, the biggest stars in the NBA. And it's almost impossible to get baseball players. Wow. unless it's I've, like I've had know. a completely different experience. Well, you also worked in a market where there was basically only baseball and, and, and for the most part, right? Like football left. So, you know. Yeah, I right? suggest I suggest we get Carmelo Anthony on the show. I suggest we get Dwight Howard on the show. I suggest we get Laker players well, on the I show. Well, but I also think it's also depends on the team, right? Like the Lakers are, are you know, I like working with them, but they are also going to, you know, they, they're, they're not going to go to the, the well Lakers, every time for their yeah, players just the to do interviews. Team, like, they're the team the that everybody wants interview. to talk to, not just here in L.A., yes. but internationally. Like, they're, they, have respon- they have an international fan base. They have responsibility to a worldwide audience. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't even understand, like, what, like, I don't know, man. Whatever. It's fine. You think it's the NBA. It's cool. <laughs> it was a question. It went off the rails. Keep going. Okay. Well, All right, one we more, ran one out more. of time. Like, we literally okay. did two questions. Did we do All any right. questions? Did we just one? Is that what we did? We did two. We, we did, did Demi we did Lovato. And we did Oh, that's Shaq. right. Demi Lovato yeah. and the aliens. Yeah. It's all right. I'll save them for tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coming up next. Oh, my goodness. The Raiders. 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 Raiders are the talk of the town. And I will tell you that it will only get worse for Charger fans. We will tell, talk about that on the other side. Stick around. We're back in a couple minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Crockett and Tubbs, man. Now that was a buddy cop show. None like it, I believe, since. You know what I used to really like about Crockett was the light-colored suit with the T-shirt back in the day. Well-dressed cop. You know, and you know there were like the hilarious part about that. Like people, (laughs) they used to drive a Ferrari (laughs) as undercover cops. First of all, if you're undercover, you are not driving a Ferrari. Like that kind of sticks out. That's just that's to me. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta play the role. You gotta be a drug dealer. Hey, I dress this way. I drive this car. I got this watch because I'm a drug dealer. You're right, like, I get it, but I don't even feel like drug dealers are driving Ferraris <laughs> to make themselves that conspicuous. Oh, man, that's funny. Man, I, I can't believe it's been since 1984. I used to drive around in the late 80s, and I would hear that Phil Collins song in the air tonight, and I, I really, I, I had this vision as a teenager that I was in Miami Vice, although I was driving a 1976 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. It was a little different than the Ferrari, but I loved that show. I did. Now, you may love that show. You don't love the Chargers, and that's been evident. We, we know how that goes down, right? But um, they are facing the Raiders this week. The Raiders will – they will absolutely take over SoFi this weekend. And I do believe that the Chargers will still win this game. And you know why? Tell me. I don't think the home field or lack thereof matters to them. Like, at this point, don't they have to be used to it? I would tend to agree that when you're a team 
that feels like you're playing 17 games this season. It's been 16 in years past, but you feel like every game is a road game. I think you're right. I mean, I, I just don't think that we talked about home field advantage earlier. You should, surprised me with the statistic that in Major League Baseball playoffs, home teams only win 54% of the time. That surprised me. Um, but with the Chargers, because they had been playing at Dignity Health Sports Park, where they were ridiculed nationally uh, for being taken over in a 27,000-seat 27 27, soccer stadium, the expectation was, George, that they will be taken over in a 70,000-seat stadium as well. Now, you may remember a couple years ago, Derek Carr and the Raiders came to play the Chargers in Carson. And after the game, the Raiders won the game. And after the game, Derek Carr was like, yeah, it was like a home game. Man, I, I loved all the Raider fans. He actually, and I don't remember the exact phrase he used, but he called it like um, like our, our Southern California home, so, something like that. So Derek Carr and the Raider players were very aware, they could hear it, they could see it, that their fans had taken over. You know, George, I had been to the Black Hole in Oakland many times. One time, only one time did I go when I wasn't working. I went with about 30 fans, 30 Charger fans. We were all decked out in powder blue. You could see us. The whole stadium was in black, and you could see us. And we escaped that night with our lives. Oh, just barely. In this particular instance this week, you will see teeny tiny pockets of powder blue surrounded by black everywhere in that stadium. That'll be fascinating to see how that unfolds because... I, I am genuinely curious to see what it looks like visually. However, you know, we did talk about home field advantage in baseball, and, you know, we talked about it. In football, historically, it has been something that matters. But I, I actually just did the did the research just now. Did you know that last season, you know, you were talking about the Chargers basically playing 16, 17 home games, whatever it is, or road games, pardon me. That last season was the first time ever in NFL history that the home teams were under 500. Wow. What was the percentage? It was, here's the overall record, 127, yeah. 128, and 1. Wow. Wow. Um, if you would have said to me, what are the home teams in the NFL versus what are the road teams in the NFL, I would have, again, I'd have probably said 65% home teams win and 45% of the time road teams actually win. That but you know what, is surprising. That, what that, I think that's a credit to this. That's a credit to quarterbacks. Offenses being as potent as they are, and the rules being against the defense, because it gives it, it gives you a chance to believe that your team is in it pretty much till the end. And let's face it, it's why, um, and you know, my friends and I like to call it the witching hour, is basically three forty five to like four fifteen or four twenty on the Red Zone Channel is the greatest television there is yeah. every single week. Yep, it, is like basically those th that last thirty to thirty five minutes is the best television you'll see, uh, particularly the one, when the 10 o'clock games are winding down. So I would say like 12.45 to, you know, 1.20. That, that right there, inject that into my veins every day. If you oh, could. dude. Dude, I actually record on my DVR the last hour of the red zone. So when I say the last, I mean the last hour, the fourth quarter going into the first quarter. Because, listen, I love Andrew Siciliano. It's just that I don't have the direct TV side of it. I have the cable TV side of it. So no, I then, love... then you really don't love Andrew No, no, I, I love him. I do love him. No, you don't. Because you I would do. have direct TV if that were No, case. I don't. But I, I don't have direct TV, so I get the red zone, the other red zone, with Scott Hansen, a who Andrew, I, 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 I love... I, I, 
look, what? Hanson is great. No, but I love Don't Scott as much. I may love Scott more. Andrew, I'm sorry. I may love no, you Scott like a little Scott. more. No, you definitely like Scott more because you have a choice. You could go with DirecTV and have Andrew like I do. And Andrew, my longtime compatriot and as colleague and friend. As is mine. I have DirecTV. And oh. it, it literally feels like I am in, like you're in my home with me. Chatting it up as we watch football together. Well, Scott Hanson, you know I feel the same way about you. You know how I feel about you, Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson is a nice man. He's I'm a not great debating guy. that. But Andrew Siciliano and I have been friends. We work together. It is a different relationship. So having him in my home every Sunday for seven and a half to eight hours is important to me and my well-being. Well, I got to tell you, I, I also, I do not have a personal relationship with Scott Hansen other than the many times that he's been a guest uh, on radio. I have like, a very like personal relationship with Andrew Siciliano. Hey, you you Cap, let him in your you home what? every but week I don't, for seven but, or eight But hours. I have Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen and me spend all day Sunday together. Yeah. Siciliano's a Browns fan, so if you, need, if you need something to help sway you, he's a Browns fan, so. Yep, I know I mean, is. I don't need that to sway me, um, you know. I actually it's not, not you, I but maybe Cap does. I'm not changing I, to DirecTV. I'm not. I'm happy with cable. I'm sticking with cable. And Andrew Siciliano by himself is not enough to get me to switch to DirecTV. Love See, him. Andrew Siciliano is enough for me to switch to. DirecTV. So you're telling me, just to be clear, yes, that you have DirecTV for one reason and one reason only, and, and it that is reason Andrew Siciliano is Andrew Siciliano. Very interesting. My friend, Very interesting. Andrew Siciliano, because I am a real friend. I want to make sure to not take money out of his pocketbooks, out of his coffers. Wow. So wow. I support it's why I will never cut the cord. Because I am supporting the people at this company. Wow. I think we should have Andrew and Siciliano on. I think we should have Andrew Siciliano on. And I think we should have Scott Hansen on at the exact same time. That, and it's should, been done before. We, we should do be some original. sort of a battle of the red zone stars. Yeah. It, it's been done. It's not original. Well, whether it's original <laughs> or not original is, is immaterial. I'm just saying that. No, it I, did sound like, though, that you were like, yeah, we're going to do this innovative thing. Where we have well, I mean, guys. you know, listen, I, I didn't know that you had done it before. I personally have never. No, had I have not, on. but I've heard other, uh, many other shows do it. So that's why. Well, you know what, George? It's a copycat league. What can I tell you? <laughs> you know, and it's a cop. Hollywood is a copycat world. You know, Ish. that's why you're making prequels of movies I, that I, were already out there. This is you know? no disrespect to Chris Hansen, who is an excellent broadcaster. And I'm it sure is already man, disrespect because but, his name is Scott Hansen. Or, yeah. Oh, Chris Hansen was the MSNBC guy, actually. There you go. Disrespectful. So Excellent work by you there. Um, but See how I, I am an Andrew, I am an Andrew Siciliano stand. That's how this works. I understand. I do. I love Andrew Siciliano, but it just no, so happens. <laughs> I don't believe that, actually. Okay, you know what? You, you know what? Maybe you're right. You know, maybe you're right. Thank maybe, you. Maybe there you I, go. See how I told you I'm persuadable, unlike you? I mean, okay, here it goes. Ish, ish, I, ish. I love Scott Hansen. Yeah. I like very much my professional, cordial, professional relationship with Andrew Siciliano.